Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. It's time for a post-match pint in association with Purity Ale. If you use the code hashtag Villa View, you'll be able to get 10% off all Purity's beer and beer, beer and ale goodness. I'm your host, Dan Bardell, joined by Neil Dunworth to talk over Wolves to Aston Villa 1. I've no idea why I'm smiling because there's absolutely nothing to smile about. And just a, just a little pre-warning before we start, John Inslee is producing tonight, so literally anything could happen are we even live at the moment i'm not sure but yeah we'll give it a go neil how are you i'm okay i'm okay i've talked out a good bit of some of the frustrations that i had about saturday um yeah it was a frustrating it was a frustrating one because the two goals were just like they were just they're blooper real goals and that's that's what really kills me uh, more so than anything else because um yeah while wolves came and they huffed and puffed like if we can keep goals out like that we, we stand a chance but when we don't you know, we might as well just forget it. Let's delay talking about the game and start with some good news because Matty Cash yeah. has signed a new contract today. That was that's pleasing news. It warded off the interest from Atletico Madrid a little bit. I do believe that was a genuine thing. So Matty Cash will be here next season, one of the players that Gerard seemed really pleased with. I mean, Gerard was cross after the game and said, if players don't do what I want, basically, then I'll get in some players that do do what I want. I'm assuming now, Neil, that Matty Cash is one of the ones that, that's been doing what Stephen Gerard wants. Yeah, I'd have to believe it. Five years... Five-year contract, yeah. if, if you know, I, it follows a trend that the club have done recently, signing down players like, you know, even, even I know we signed Jack Reed this year on year to, to 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 deals, but if it does nothing else other than protect their value, you know, I'm all for that too. But this looks like it's going to be um, somebody who's going to be staying around for the long haul or for the overhaul, whatever way you want to look at it uh, in the coming season. Um, he's been, you know, he's he's going to go to the World Cup with Poland. Obviously, there's going to be eyes on him there. Um, so I think that this is a shrewd move from the club to kind of reiterate that the project still isn't, you know, a couple of, couple of losses to the likes of Wolves and West Ham and things like that ain't going to derail the project. I think the club are a small bit, um, how would I put it, the club are a small bit more 
more affable to, to to where things are going. I think based on on bringing a manager in mid season, I think they always knew there was the the propensity to maybe uh, tread water maybe for a part of this season. Albeit they did say that they wanted progression, and uh, Matty Cash is going to be with that for the next season as well. So along with like Emmy Martinez, they've signed deals this season. So uh, good news altogether. I think when you get to tie down a player, um, and you know also increase their value in the meantime. Another frustrating weekend though, Neil. Villa are either really good or really bad. Seems to be the way at the moment. There's no in-between. We barely ever draw a game. Came moderately close to salvaging a point at the weekend, but it, it didn't happen at the end of the game. But also, that bad old habit of once you ship one, we concede another one straight after. And just, just bad goals, just a bad first half. We actually started the first five minutes with a little bit of intent. And I thought, mm-hmm. okay, I like this. They're, they're walking the walk of the talk that was given in the earlier on in the week. But then as has happened so often, a little bit of adversity. And we just go to pieces and you will not see two worst goals conceded in a game, I don't think. And you definitely won't see five worst goals conceded against a single opposition across the entirety yes. of the season. All five goals against Wolves. Absolute disaster class from Villa. Yeah, the, the two goals we conceded at the weekend were, were more infuriating than, than goals I've seen this season. And the reason being is because they came from two players who were full of experience, who are two leaders within the team. And both of them showed a complete and utter lack and devoid of footballing intelligence. And that's what kills me. The clarity and the leadership or the leadership and intelligence that you need on the field to draw a game even. You know, sometimes we just don't have it. Like John McGinn takes the ball into three players in the middle of midfield. He's playing as a number six. It looked like maybe he was, he, like he was number one, he was out of position for, for what I feel the number six should be. I don't know where he yep. was told to play. He ran into three players when he's the man who should be shielding the back four. Lost the ball. Ball goes, they, they get the ball over to the right hand side and play a cross field ball. Konza tries to arc his neck to get to a ball. It was a good six, seven feet over his head. He needed to stay on his feet, turn around in front of his man. That didn't happen. Ming slips at the back post. Just a calamity of errors. But for me, that goal doesn't get conceded if John McGinn literally just plays the safe ball and goes back. And, and that's what we need. We need to, we don't need Ryder Rovers. You know, we don't need Ryder Rovers in the 15th minute of a game or what was it, 15th, 8th minute? When, when do we concede? Um, I can't remember seventh when the first minute, was. Seventh, seventh, eighth minute. It was early doors. Yeah, you don't, you don't need that away from home. You know, you need somebody to put their foot in the ball, keep it, frustrate the opposition. They were coming into a game without their big striker. They were coming into a game without their without their um, most, uh, I suppose, sought after midfielder, Ruben Neves. They were down their right back. You know, we needed to keep our foot in the game and our foot in the ball there and frustrate them, draw them out, and then see if we can pick them off in the counter attack. We certainly didn't need to force it by running into the midfield, their midfield three in that instance. So for me, that was frustrating. And then the second goal, you know, what can you say about a man who stoops down at the back post? And I mean, he slipped as well. I, he, sl- he slipped in there as well. It's kind of hit him on the head, I, I think. You know, it's a mm. terrible, terrible goal to concede. But I do think he slipped as well. And that was the story of the first half. Got a player just falling over. It's like when the Villa View played at Villa Park in indoor indoor football shows. Like everyone just spent the whole for half on the floor. I could I, I couldn't believe what I was saying. But yeah, the Wolves players were not falling over. That's a that good tells point. Me, the, that tells me that the pitch was overly wet, which is fine. Wolves can do what they want. And Wolves' players were prepared for that with their footwear. And Villa weren't. I know it sounds very, very basic and very simple, but that was honestly what, what it looked like. I've never seen so many players fall over in a football match from one team. It was ridiculous. Yeah, Jacob Ramsey spent a good portion of the game on the ground as well. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but look, I suppose, you know, players players arrive at the games, they've got four or five different sets of boots with four or five different yeah. stud lengths, stuff, you know, whatever. So so that, for me, that, that was just coincidental, I think, more than anything else. But um, they, it just affected us. It's what happens to Aston Villa Football Club, following Aston Villa for, what, 30 years? And, you know, this stuff happens to us. This does, you know. Just it just happens, you know. We we've these games so where we refuse, and it's 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 the course of, of following Aston Villa, whereby you have to just put up with it at times. But regardless of of, of the slips, like Kanza slip, Ming slip, and I know McGinn did slip as well when he took that ball into contact. But you know, you just people. It's much maligned at times, but sometimes you just ping one into the corner and hope that one hope that Bailey can run onto it, you know, as opposed to trying to take it on yourself. Sometimes sometimes ugly football gets your results. And uh, we need a draw. Like we need a draw from somewhere uh, at times this season, and we just haven't gotten it. And 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 that's yeah, the frustrating part. Yeah, we can't turn those losses in, in, into draws, can mm. we? It's just it's just even if just you know if you, half, not even not even half, even a third of them, just you just turn one some of the zero points into one, and you you're looking a little bit clever in the in the lead table. I mean, as it happens, I think I, I actually think our labour is a little bit false. In that I think we might be too high. I, I genuinely think, I don't. think I, you know, I genuinely think you know the standard of the premise will not be great if we are we are where we are at the, at the moment. I just I just think we're a, we're an average side. We we are a mid table side. I get that, but I think you know to even get up to net to last season's points, I think we've got to win six or seven of the of, of the last eight games. Six games, six from eight. Is it? We've, we've got to win to match last season's total. You know, we were quite actually unlucky to finish eleventh last season. This season, I think we'd be a little bit lucky to finish eleventh. Mm, I don't. I think. I think that we can. I think yeah, we've, we, I think we've lost sixteen. Games. Ga- we've lost sixteen yeah. games. That's one less than Everton. We've won eleven games, which is two more than Christmas. That's true. Palace. You could look at it, but you could look <laughs> at it both ways. But the way the way things are at the moment, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the losses column and saying that you know we've lost three more games with New than Newcastle. Then win a game till December. Yeah, you know, it's not it's not not good. Sixteen defeats, yeah. and that's the other thing is it's two different it's two different managers. So yes. for me. Yes, you got to kind of look at you. You have to kind of look at the players. Bang, I, the, the, nail in the head. I think that's why I think. And obviously, you agree with me, which no, is good. I do. I agree with you. And, and just just on the draws part, and, I, and I've come prepared, and I've just I said it on my own podcast. I argue, and and it's up for arguing with regards to this. But we've lost sixteen games, and I can name arguably eight games where if we had a small a bit more notes, um, specifically and a bit more leadership to put our foot in the ball or even get a bit nasty on the field. We could have come away with draws, and there were Watford at home when we lost one nil. We should never have lost that game. Never mind not drawing it. That was just a travesty. Leeds when we're up three one, shouldn't be shouldn't be drawing that game. You know we should be winning that game. Um, we've Wolves at home where we where we were up two nil, lost three two. Newcastle away where Kieran Trippier's free kick goes in off Emmy Buendia's Emmy Buendia's tie, but we did nothing. Oh, I, game. I will say we were we were absolutely gashed that day, and well, I. I Accepted the defeat, but I'm 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 okay I'm okay with teams outplaying us. But you know when we lose one nil to kind of a free kick like that, where we're even the, the wall was set up incorrectly and everything, there was just so many things wrong. It's just it's very silly. Arsenal at home, we were battered as well from a lot of points, but we Saka scores Saka scores the goal, and then we it takes us to the last five minutes to come back. And they're, they're arguably that, but like what I'm saying is, if we got a bit nasty, if we got a bit of a bruiser in midfield, if we had a bit of a leader that was able to say, lads, put our foot in the ball here, keep possession, don't let them get well, the just ball. Put, just press teams. Put teams under a little bit of pressure. That's all mm. Palace have done tonight. They beat Arsenal three 0 They've just pressed, pressed quite high. 100%. Arsenal can get out, and they've they've, they've won the game three 0 They've also they've got some some very good players. Crystal Palace and Vieira has done, done a very very good job there, and he's in his first season. So, you know, he's he's turned some players that were already there into into better players, and they've made some smart signs, and they they look at a vibrant side. 
when I, you know, when we lose, I don't look at us and think that, that's a vibrant side. When we win, I, you know, Southampton, for example, I think, oh, but the makings yeah. of a really good team there. But then you'll have these performances. You know, I've, I've brought it up countless times. Now. You know, Tyrone Mings said at the evening with Tyrone Mings, we're a mid-table side. It's not where we want to be. We'll win some games. We'll lose some games. But it's just going on these losing runs. When that's lose, the killer. That's the killer. We'll lose the next two or three. Yeah. And you can't get that's where you just need to pick up a point from somewhere to not yeah. have to not have these losing runs. But we've just been incapable of doing that all season. So we might win a few games, but then invariably we'll go on and lose three or four. And that, that's why we are where we are. But that's, that's a mentality problem. And again, I say it again, it's under two managers, so you have to look at the players. Yeah, yeah like we're we're in danger. We lose we lose to Spurs, we lose to Leicester. That would be two five game losing streaks that we've gone on. Yeah, it actually be three. You would know, you would you would be three then because because Dean Smith went down one and then then Jared will have gone in two. Yeah, yeah, and that's not that's not a good position. That's why what I'm saying to you. I think we're in a false position. I think I think we're perhaps too high. But you see, I you see, I don't know, are we? Because we've still gone out and won eleven games. You know, we've gone out and won, won those games. So I, I think it I think it doesn't feel just... like we've won eleven games. I know that sounds stupid, but it just it doesn't feel like we've won eleven games this season to me. It's the up and down, it's the roller coaster of emotion that we've had. We won three in a row, then we lost five in a row. And it's it's just sometimes, you know, it, it's it's yeah, and, and that's the that's the feeling that it comes. Like if we had won won a game, lost a game, won two games, lost two games, won a game, lost a game, that kind of a situation, we'd feel a bit better because it would have been spaced out. But it's very much uh, sugar highs and sugar lows that we have at the moment. I think with the with winning games and groups and losing games and groups as well, and um, it's it's frustrating. But the big thing is like, and I never thought, uh, you know, we've been saying it for a couple of weeks now. Well, draws will be our best friend between now and the end of the season. Draws against when we're not supposed to win. So like, I expect us to win against Norwich. I would I would be fully expecting us to go out and beat Burnley twice. I, I think that we've got too much quality in our team not to be able to do that. So there's three wins. We could sneak a draw against Palace. We could sneak a draw against Leicester. We could who, be the best thing in the world if we went to the empty head at, uh, and last day of the season snuck a draw there and ended up them finishing Dream second. on, dream on now, come on. But what I, what, City was on my list as well. We lost two one to City. If Charlie Chuck Chuck slides past Ederson, we draw two two with uh, with with City. You know, but that, you know what that 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 game was a rare game this season where you know we went behind, yeah, and we we're two 0 down. We didn't capitulate. We got ourselves back in the game early in the second half, and we had a good go. And we looked dangerous. And we caused one of the best teams in the world real, real problems. Those days haven't happened in twenty twenty two, really. Mm. When we were losing under Gerard, when he first came in, we were saying that was a, that was a good performance. I could see what, what he's trying what he's trying to do here. And this isn't enough. I'm not knocking Gerard at all. But in 2022, when we've lost, it's mainly been hmm, we weren't very good there at all, and that's a bit concerning. There are echoes, I think, of the 2021 season turn of the year. We kind of seem to lose all our fluff as well. And and there's an argument to be made that that's happened at the turn of the year this year as well. Yeah, but there was, uh, you know, you look back at that. There was a reason for that, and that was clearly that Jack Grealish was on the treatment table. Yeah. What What's the reason here? I don't. And the camp, the Camba being is the only thing that's really changed from those mm. early days under under Steven Gerrard. You know, I think he walked straight back into the team on Saturday against Spurs. I think he'll he'll definitely play now. I thought let's go let's go back. We should probably look talk about the Wolves game a little bit more rather than rather <laughs> no, than the season anything in general. But the Wolves game. I, I don't want I don't want to. I presume the McGinnis uh, loan six experiment will probably never, ever happen again. Gerard said that Sanson played because he's been good in training for a while now and it wasn't fair for him to keep sitting on the bench. Whether you're right, Louise, or not, without Nakamba, he's the best six that we've got. So leaving him out, that didn't really work. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and look, 
that that to me probably shows as well that the you know the the vision for this and the vision for what players we have like the fact that Jared came out and said you know Sansan has been playing well in training for a while so we gave him a go we gave him a run against Wolves you know Bailey Bailey looked like he was giving a run like the the reason like it would have made way more sense to bring in Buendia and play two tens um when when Ings was out but he gave Bailey a run as a striker as well and to me that kind of says that okay let's see what these guys are made of we still fully expect to go out here and get a result and we're not throwing a game or anything don't like that's not what I'm trying to say here but he's kind of saying right guys put your money where your mouth is here now and if you guys want to stick around but then go out and have a game. And Sansom played okay. He had 26 pressures, pressures or something. I think that's the most pressures of any any player this season. But he was pressuring players on the ball, but they were still getting their passes away, you know. So um, I, I, I'm skeptical of the pressure rate at times. Um, but no, fair play to Sansom. You know, he's it's, it's hard to come in off the bench every so often, but when you get a start... Um, he looked okay. He looked. He looked okay. It wasn't he, a problem. No, it didn't, didn't blow me away. But 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 once again, you know, didn't do anything wrong did. either. Like, you know. But I would so. say, I would say for Sanson now, it's no good for him for one game. And then if he comes out the next game, you know, he needs he needs to play a few in a row. That's the only way you're gonna you're gonna see what he's about. So he has to have a little run in the sand. Now, the, the thing I, I disagree with, and again, it's easy to always say these things after a game when you've been poor. If he wants to put Sanson in, then take McGinn or Ramsey out. Don't then move McGinn into a position that just doesn't suit him yeah. at all, and that, that, that you know has arguably cost us the first goal within the, at the start of the game. That isn't John McGinn. He is not a lone number six. That just that just isn't his game at all. His best performances this season have been when Nakamba was playing as a six, yeah. and there was someone to break up the play, and he felt a little bit more sure going forward, and he could get forward. He could get involved in the game. I think he scored in Gerard's second game. He was really really good against Leicester at home. Since Nakamba's not been there. McGinn's good games, you can probably count on one hand, maybe even a couple of fingers. And that's not me being harsh. They just, they just haven't been there. And I, I love John McGinn. I've got I set high standards for him because I know he's such a good player. But the performances haven't been there from him. So if you're going to put Sanson in, don't then take the person who's best at playing defensive midfield that you've got available, Louise, out. And then you end up having to bring Louise on anyway. It's just, you know, it's just, it's pointless. Yeah. Just Even if you don't want to take McGinn out, that runs out for a couple of games. You know, he's played for under 21s. You know, he's probably tired. It's been a long season for him. He's played a lot more games than he would have anticipated. I just don't get the point of bringing Sanson in and then having to play someone else completely out of position. And then in the next game, either Lundaway's on the camera will be back as a six and Sanson will probably be on the bench. And you've learned absolutely nothing from making those changes. I can't. I, I, I genuinely, I literally don't have anything to add to that other than, you know, maybe we know what we're getting from Jacob Ramsey from here on in. If he is going to start, Doing experiments, you know, over the cup, over against specifically against Spurs, Leicester. Maybe that's the time that you give Ramsey a break, bring him back in against Norwich, bring him in for the two Burnley games, bring him in against against Palace. But you know, um, we know what we're getting from Ramsey, and and, and it's good things, you know. But we need to find out whether Sanson can play. Ramsey isn't going to be sold, not in the month of Sundays. McGinn probably won't be sold, so maybe you could drop McGinn as well for a couple of games and see what Luis can give you in a, in an eight role with Nakamba behind him and Sanson beside him. And I don't think there's anything you lost there. You know, it's about finding the right combination. You might you might strike goal for a game, and they might all work. But at the moment, our, our midfield just they just don't uh, they don't click, they don't click anymore. And when they don't click, Coutinho is just a stranded passenger there in the middle of midfield. Because he doesn't get the ball in positions. He doesn't get balls in dangerous positions. Because yeah. even when the centre backs pick up the ball, you kind of feel at the moment that you know Mings is as likely to pick a pass as any of the midfielders. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. 
when he's on the ball, but they're just the distances are wrong again. When we've been good this season, I thought the distances were good between the whole team. Again, the distances were good in the first half, and when the distances haven't been good, invariably we've, we've lost football matches this this season, especially especially under Gerrard. It's just it's just not there. The, the midfield is a massive problem. Mm. It's, a, it's a huge one. It was so open. Wolves in that first half could have scored another another one or two at least. I would Dundonka say we didn't. Yeah, Dendonka skewed one on the, on his left foot. They just they looked dangerous though every time they came forward. You know, if anyone was going to get that next goal in the uh, two and in the first half, it wasn't going to be Villa. Mm. We just did we did nothing. I mean, I did a tweet after thirty minutes that I got absolutely slated for. Love Twitter. Absolutely love the place at, t- at times when Villa are doing badly. It's not a safe place no. for me on, on, on social media. But I don't think Bailey did anything brilliant by any stretch of imagination. But you know, he had one drive into the box and crowded chance, and he had one shot from range. Basically, he was the only person that did anything in an attacking sense in that first half. In that first half an hour, that's that's what I was trying to say. But maybe my wording wasn't the best, and I got slayed. And to be fair, he did go on and not have a very good game at all. But he, he wasn't alone in that. And again, he probably needs a run because without a run. You aren't going to see the best of him. It's no good him coming out for the next game. Now, he's he got 90 minutes under his belt. He needs another one or two games of, of playing a high level of minutes. Uh, we ain't going to say anything from these players that, that, you know, his future probably hangs in the balance unless they're given proper game time. It's no good one game play, one game not, one game come on, one game sit on the bench. That that really hasn't worked for us no. all season. I do, I do think Brendan, though, is unlucky to be on the bench at the moment. He's been yes. not one of the positives in the in two of the last three that we've lost when he's come on and that you do feel that he's made an impact off the bench. I was surprised to see him come on for Coutinho. I mean, Coutinho was doing absolutely nothing, but I was still surprised that Buendia came over him. But again, towards the end of the game, Buendia was our liveliest player. I agree. Yeah, he's... he's Yeah, that's that's how exactly I would describe him. He got in around, he found little spaces, little spaces in between the two lines. He did more than Coutinho did in the game. Um and 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 yeah, like and that kind of beggars the belief that uh maybe we start we should have started with Buendia, but then again, maybe this was in, in Jared's head all along to say, okay, we'll see what Bailey can do here, as I said, like he was with Sanson. Start him instead of bringing him on for 10 minutes. Because you know, with a speed player like Bailey, yes, it either goes right for you, it goes wrong for you in those 10 minutes, but you might only get the ball two or three times in, in those 10 minutes that you come on for. So start him, see if he can affect the game, see if he can use his pace to get in behind people, but then the, the issue comes that when Mings is, is is going along with it from time to time, and when our midfield just isn't getting any passing with him going, um, and our left back goes off after 10 minutes, who is a real attacking outlet for us um, on that side. You know, you're, he's picking, once again, like, like Coutinho, he's picking up um, in positions that are unfamiliar to him or positions he doesn't want to be with his back to goal and uh, he can't build up his, pay, his, his pace or his head of steam. So there's, look, there's, it's, it's, I firmly believe it's fixable. I firmly believe it's fixable, but it does need a transfer window to fix it. And there, there's the problem. Um, so you know we're kind of we're kind of grinding to a halt between now and the end of the season, but there are still winnable games I think as we go forward. Yeah, Ollie Watkins it was that scored Villa from the penalty spot. Not sure it was a penalty if I'm being perfectly honest, but it's been since the second game of the season that we've had one, so we will take anything we can get. It wasn't good enough to get us a point from the game, but he stepped up and scored it. But before that, two two big chances really that, that he didn't took away. It's almost. Like he had, it felt, I kind of felt like he had too much time to think about them now. Yeah, the one, the one where he's one on one, um, and he puts it to the right hand side of, uh, yeah. of of the post. That that was poor. He, yes, I agree. Yeah, he's, but then again, he's like he's not an instinctive striker either. So sometimes he he goes straight for the goalkeeper. So I like the fact that he actually tried to act his body and try and bend it into the corner. 
um, but it, it didn't come off for him. And that's something we needed him to score there. And when he didn't score there, the kind of the writing was on the wall slightly, but um, uh, it was good, good position that he got into and you would expect him to score. And if he is going to, if he's going to book his place and place the guitar, needs to be putting us back in the back of the net. Um, so hopefully he gets more chances like that to make amends. But, um, you know, 2-2, two, two, as you say, if, if he scores that, we go on to win 2-2. Two, two, we could feel a small little bit uh, small, a bit more chipper today because that would have been a game that we wouldn't have, um, you know, we shouldn't have really gotten anything out of, but we could have come away with a point, if that makes sense. Gerard spoke about 67, taking 60 or 70 minutes to realise it's a derby. You know, he's very honest in his in his post-match, to be fair, Gerard. You know, he, he usually says what, what I'm thinking. He, he doesn't hold back. And some of the players might not like what he what he says after the games at, at times. But, that, you know, it's, it's true, really. First half, we didn't lay a glove on walls. We didn't put a tackle in. And that's the disappointing thing when it is a derby game. It's not the biggest derby that we play in, no. But, it's, you know, there's a little bit of pride playing in a, against another team from, from the West Midlands. You, you want to go there and make a stamp on the game. And as soon as we went 1-0 down... All that went out the window in the first half, and it just that lack of fight that that could that's concerning because that's not what I would associate with the Steven Gerrard team. Just not laying a glove on a team, not realizing mm. it's a derby game. That's poor, and that's probably where it came from, where his frustrations came from, where he said, "You guys are going to need to help me fix this, and if you don't, I'll find players who will." Yeah, um, but you know that's quite a brave thing to say, hugely brave in a post match because players don't like things like that. They do not like things like that at all. But I, and I think he's broken character twice. I can't remember the last time, but I remember he almost apologized for it. Um, in the next interview that he did, that he kind of let his frustration boil over and he let his frustration boil over again here. And I'm kind of okay with it in a way because he doesn't really have anything to lose. Uh, other because if he does have, have certain players' cards marked, was he the Newcastle game? Was it after the Newcastle I game? The game. That yeah. was another game where he was slumped in the dugout and he spent quite a high proportion of this game slumped in the dugout in the first yeah. half as well, just as if to say, what, you know, what are they doing? Yeah. I don't understand. And, and I, I look, a lot of people, he's, he's damned if he does, he's damned if he doesn't. When he comes out and he says something like that, people go, oh, he shouldn't really said that, you know, it's a small bit unprofessional and you're criticising it behind closed doors and you're praising public. But then when he comes out and he says, yeah, I know this is something we need to do and I'm going to be the one to fix it. He's getting kind of tired with the brush of, you know, rinse and repeat and 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 just keep on saying the same thing. Like we go again with Lambert or, you know, whatever. I can't remember what Dean Smith's one was, you know, but every every manager has one. I can't remember. Oh. Uh, I can remember some of Steve Bruce's. Yeah. Um, about the daffodils, about the daffodils coming up. Well, I mean, the daffodils are coming up now, aren't they? <laughs> and we're not really in the hunt. We're not really in the hunt for anything. The daffodils are coming up. We're not going to go down. We're not going to finish. I just wanted to beat Wolves because I wanted to give us ourselves a chance of finishing above them. Yeah, yeah. It would have been if we'd have won that game and won our game in hand against Burnley. Would, That's yeah. gone now. It would have been a six-point swing. The... Would have meant there would be yep. seven points between us, and it would have given us a fighter's chance. But yeah, the mind the gap trophy will be going to to Molyneux again this season. That newly created trophy that's only existed for four or five years didn't exist for the the rest of time from eighteen seventy four onwards. We didn't talk about the mind the gap trophy, but you know a few times Wolves finished above us. It came and we we've only won it once since. Yeah, another trophy disappointment now. Another trophy disappointment. Yeah, we still have to mm. harken back to the Peace Cup, wasn't it? The, the Peace, Peace Cup. Cup, yeah, Cup, yeah, of, tra- Cup of traditions. Don't forget that. Cup of traditions. I, I yeah. yeah, I, I do apologize. I imagine that's been thrown away. I imagine they probably had to get a skip to throw it away because it, so, it was so big. But I imagine that trophy has been thrown away. I don't, I don't imagine it would be on display anywhere because it was absolutely huge. But yeah, you just, you just wanted to try and have something to play for at the end of the season. There's, there's always pride. You know, when they, they, they say, oh, this team's clearly on the beach. 
I don't want to be one of those teams going into the end of the season. I mean, to be fair, a few years ago, I'd have killed to be a team on the beach because mm. we were either fighting to stay up or desperately trying to get out of the championship, you know, so you should be careful what you wish for, really. But I don't want to be an on-the-beach team. I want to have something to play for at the end of the season. I want to be pushing to finish top eight. And, you know, if we finish ninth, that's our joint best finish since 2011. Mm. We could still do that, I guess. But I don't really know how much like, credence players put on stuff like that. I, I don't see us as a team on the beach. I see, I see us as a nervous team. I see us as a team who, um, I thought the weekend. Only when things, only when things are things are adverse. There's a bit yes, of adversity. Correct. I would say yes. We score first. Well, a lot of fun to watch, like in mm. that Southampton game, like the Leeds game away recently. If we score Brighton as well, you know, if we score first, suddenly everyone's full of confidence, and I know that could be associated with a lot of football teams. But it's if that if, if anything adverse happens to us, and it's been a while. That's been this way for a while now. Just I feel like more adverse things used to happen to us a few years ago. We go into our shells and we're not there. Yeah. If we do, if something, if we go one nil up, we'll usually go on and win that game. And that's where the that's where the, the leadership comes in, you know. And I'm not yeah. look, I'm not here and I'm not criticizing Tyrone Mings or anything like that. But I said like those two goals that we conceded at the weekend. Now John McGinn takes that into an absolutely silly position. He's our vice captain. Uh, our most experienced player who's got, what, 36 caps for England, has won, won, won the Premier League, has won two Scudettos, um, or one Scudetto anyway, at least with Inter, um, you know, heads the ball in at the back post. Just, di- just didn't have the, just mind left, the both of them, their mind left them for whatever period of a millisecond. I do think, I do think you've been a little bit harsh on Young, because I do think he slips, and then he just kind of just panics. I get what you're saying. I suppose if he panics, then yeah, that's what you're saying is true. But yeah, so like, like, but like, it's it's just it, it's going to end up in a blooper reel, regardless of what happens, you know. So, uh, it and that's where it is. We we'll we'll hopefully bring in some experienced players uh, or players with a small bit of steeliness in them, and I, and that's not having a go at this team. But I just think we need one person. I think we just need one person to be able to put their foot in the ball or put their foot straight through someone's chest at some stage and just take the ball by the scruff of the neck. We're very nice in midfield and we're very nice at centre half at times. Mm-hmm. And and that's okay. You know, we can be nice in one of those two areas, but we can't be nice in both of them. And and, and that kind of hinders us in one way or, or another. And hence we aren't we aren't taking control of games or we aren't um deciding that a draw is enough for us here, you know. So I don't know. It's it, it'll be it'll be an interesting transfer window. And I think the words well, I think the, the, the noises out of uh, out of Villa Park are, are good, you know, the names that are coming out provided that they don't um, build up a head of steam for themselves, that they can't uh, put their money where their mouth is. But uh, I do think we will see some exciting names come true. I do think that we will see some names that will change the way this team plays. And uh, But the big problem here is we have to wait eight games for that. And I don't want to have to wait eight games or nine games, however many is left. I want to be competitive right. within those games. I do think there'll be some high-profile casualties in, in, mm-hmm. in the summer. I've heard, heard a couple of little bits and pieces, and I do think there'll be a couple of transfers out. That, that might, might surprise people in, in, in the summer because Villa are going to have to make some money from somewhere as well. You can't just go out and splurge money every single transfer window. And to be honest, that's what Villa have done pretty much since they've been in, since they've been in the Premier League. There's been a big amount of money spent. I know we got 100 million back for Greenwich, but we wouldn't be able to go and spend a load of money in the summer without making some money on somewhere and making a profit on someone that, that we've bought in the last few years. So I think, you know, from what I hear, I think there will be a couple of players perhaps leave that, w- that will surprise people. So it's definitely going to be an interesting summer at Villa Park. Hopefully, 
an interesting last eight games, although I'm not going to bank on it after the, la- the last few. Villa are playing Spurs, of course, on Saturday at Villa Park. Annoying tea time kickoff. I do not like a tea time kickoff at all. So that's frustrated me a little bit. So, Neil, you'll be doing a team, team sheet tantrum. And he swore them completely by mistake. A team sheet tantrum before the game on the video on Saturday. So we'll have a match preview at some point as well for, for, for the Spurs game in the way. But, Neil, you'll be, you'll be doing that. And then, of course, that'll be the post match point at some point after the Spurs game as well. So, look out for that. Thanks to Neil for joining me. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. As usual, we've solved absolutely nothing, but you know, we've spoke, we've spoke for half an hour and tried to avoid talking about the game as much as possible. Hopefully, those that have tuned in have enjoyed it. Do join us again. And as always, up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.